Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi update. So the past week has been rough. I'm just like mentally exhausted. I don't feel like I'm really getting a break and I have desperately got to find me a new therapist. My old one went MIA and then I changed insurances and all this other stuff. So I just need to make it a priority and I have not. Um, Some good news is my hunt. My son, <laughs> my son got a replacement heart monitor. And so that took some pressure off of me. So we are back in stride again. And he's got, I think he's got two more weeks left of monitoring. And then the doctor, his cardiologist will have a month worth of information to kind of assess. So hopefully he can tell us something a little more definitive after that. Um, Because I told y'all I was just so mentally exhausted one day last week, I just went to Chick-fil-A and went to the drive-thru, got me some lunch, parked my car in the Chick-fil-A parking lot, laid out my food like I was having me a picnic in my car, and I was listening to um, a training session. I can't remember who it was with, <laughs> which is awful, um, but it was good. It was a businesswoman just kind of putting other women or other people I should say on game about how she just came to make six figures and even seven figures in her business so I was listening to that while I was stuffing my face um and then what else oh my niece had a birthday so my niece turned 15 last Tuesday and so uh, we went over to celebrate on Friday a small family celebration only um the same people that we hung out with I don't know what was that last holiday Memorial Day or something just my in-laws <laughs> it's just just the 10 the Robinson 10 it's always just the 10 of us um and so we had a really dope time uh we were out on the deck the entire time um and even though we're family we still wear our mask um and so we had a movie night out on the deck we had pizza and my sister-in-law is the queen of all things over the top decor and everything. So naturally she had a popcorn maker. So we had fresh popcorn and she had gotten, you know, like movie theater candies and stuff. Um, my brother-in-law kept calling it Jackie's uh, black cinema, <laughs> but she goes hard for events and socials and stuff. So decoration and stuff is always going to be to the nines. And it definitely was a good time. It was nice to just sit outside and cackle. And the weather had gotten pretty warm. Now it did get cold later that night. <laughs> uh, my kids and my niece uh, were on a blow up mattress on the deck and they were like undercovers and watching a movie and stuff. We'll get into the movie we watched. Um, when I get to the what Mimi's watching segment, we're going to talk about that. Um, but it was a nice time. Like we had blankets and everything. And so... That was good family fun. It also meant I did not have to cook dinner that night. Um, so that was that. Um, our Monday was crazy. You know, I always try and publish po uh, my podcast episodes on Monday. But yeah, y'all getting this one on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that it is officially 12.09 a.m. on Tuesday and I'm recording this podcast. Should I be asleep? Yes, I should. But I'm determined to get this checked off my to-do list. Um, so that means today is actually officially my husband's birthday. He is 42. Um, so our Monday was crazy in the middle of the day. Our power randomly went out and it was an outage, I guess about 2000 or more people or whatever. So, um, you, you know, we work from home, right? <laughs> so my husband and I work from home and the kids do distance learning. So I switched um, my daughter over to the hotspot on my cell phone so she could connect back in. And then at the time the power went out, my son was between classes. So he just logged in back in when it was time with his hotspot. And um, I'll say they did a fairly good job. The utility company did a fairly good job of getting us back up and running uh, rather quickly. I'm sure that other people were like, what the hell's going on? 
I think my husband said he heard a pop or something, but yeah, that was like a monkey wrench in the middle of the day. And my kids don't get out of school until 3.45 and then 4.10. So they, um, at their old schools, they got out like at the two o'clock hour. No. So, um, if they were at their old schools, they would have been out of school and it wouldn't have mattered. But yeah, that was that. Also, my husband and I went out and voted. Um, y'all know I feel very strongly about voting. Uh, so today was, well, yesterday was actually the first day of early voting in Maryland. And initially I was like, oh, I'm going to go out early and go. Nope. The news was like, the lines are long, which I already anticipated that, right? Like I wasn't really tripping off that, but my husband rode through there. Thankfully it's one really close by the house. And he was like, yeah, the line is outside and the other part is the facility in which we go to uh, to vote is new. It's huge. So if the line is outside, it's like, well, how long is the line on the inside? So when he swung by earlier, he was like, nah. And then later on, he ended up going back out for some errands. And he swung by there again. And he was like, yo, the line is short. You need to come right now. Y'all, I had been lounging around in um, some loungewear like it looks like a sweatsuit but it's not it came out the loungewear section so I don't wear it outside of the house although if I did nobody would have known um so I take that off and I throw off I throw on legit a sweatshirt and sweatpants and my crocs um matter of fact I need to post my picture to the gram you know about that social proof life that I voted so um both of us voted he finished ahead of me obviously he was there before me um but it took us about 20 minutes in and out. And I will say our people were thorough for every machine you used or table you went to, right? So you had the option of doing a handwritten ballot, I guess, or an electronic ballot. And so whichever one you picked, you know, you'd go in to the little seat and table section or whatever, and they sprayed it down between every single person. Like they were on their shits and I definitely appreciated it. So we got that out the way and we voted. We completed our civic duty. There was no way in hell we were not going to vote. But um, because the news was talking about how long the lines were, I was like, oh, okay. So maybe the first day isn't the best day to go. I had it in my mind. I would try, you know, the next day, but um, obviously that's not a concern anymore. But they did tell us that the lines dropped substantially by evening because everybody seemed to have that get up and go early um idea the lady told me that the line was the line started at 5 a.m i don't even think they opened till 7 a.m <laughs> but the line started hella early so i was like yeah good looking out so um since then i have just been spreading to the word to the word the word to those who want to go like, hey, maybe try later on. Um, she said they were slammed from the time they opened their doors to 1.30 solidly. And then it started to ease up a little bit. And then um, it calmed down by 4.30. And the line moved fast. Like when I say 20 minutes from the time I stepped into the line, it took me 20 minutes. And of course, you're socially distanced. So um, some of the line length accounts for just allowing six feet in between people. And my polling place has stickers on the floor that told you right where to stand. And they did a good job of saying, okay, next, go here, do this part. Okay. And then, so you had to, you know, just check in, verify your address. And it was funny because I told y'all my husband voted before me, but somehow uh, I ended up going to the same lady he went to. So she's like, verify your address. And so I'm telling her my address and she was like, were you just in here? And she was like, this address is familiar. I said, oh no, my husband was just in here. She was like, oh, <laughs> oh, which was funny. What are the odds? He had no idea who I went to. I had no idea who he went to. Um, so yeah, we have completed our civic duty. Now we wait. I'm waiting like a motherfucker too. All right, that's it. That's all. All right, pop culture update. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, y'all. Mm, let me just tell you. So let's start with Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. It came out maybe earlier in the year, maybe even last year, that they were going to do a Coming to America 2. 
Um, so now we have a bit more information. It will be on Amazon Prime as um, expected to be available the week before Christmas. So Paramount Pictures has sold or is in a process of selling the movie to Amazon Studios for $125 million, according to Variety. Shit. That's a lot of money. Anyway, so in the second installment, Prince Akeem is supposed to discover that he fathered a son during his time in New York. And Akeem's father, James Earl Jones, announces that his dying wish is to prepare his grandson to become prince. Here's the interesting thing. Akeem was not fucking <laughs> like he was not. So how did he get this baby by osmosis? Whatever. I'm going to let them have it. But he was not that kind of guy. He was a gentleman. Anyway, so all of our favorites from the original are returning and a bunch of extras that I'm not sure about. Tayana Taylor is one of them. Um, I think Rick Ross, Michael Black's. <sighs> now, T Tiana Taylor's body is bomb. So she could be one of the new age flower girls for the grandson. I'm just saying, I don't know how they plan to use her or any of these other people that I just don't see them fitting into the storyline. But as painful as this could potentially be like, oh, I hate that they did this because coming to America is such a fucking classic. I have watched it in the last week. When I see it on, I'm like, ooh, let me watch. I don't care where it is in the story. It's such a cult classic that it's just the expectations to do a second one are so high that I feel like it's not worth it. Yet, I'm going to subject myself to watching it and pray to God I'm not utterly and completely disgusted. Anyway, stay tuned. We are gonna talk about it. So the BT Hip Hop Awards are coming on actually tonight, <laughs> October 27th at 9 p.m. And it is hosted by the 85 South Show. Now, I don't know if y'all know who the 85 South Show is, but I fucking love them. So the 85 South Show consists of Carlos Miller, DC Youngfly, and Chico Bean. The three of them can also be seen on, well, they used to be before, I guess, Nick Cannon lost his show, Wild and Out. So they're comedians. They're hilarious. Um, a couple years back, Babe and I went to see them when they were here in D.C. at the Improv. And when I say gut-busting laughter, like, I literally fucking laughed until my stomach hurt, till I felt like I had to pee, till I had tears in my eyes. I don't know that I've laughed that hard and that much for so long ever like <laughs> they are fucking hilarious and a lot of their comedy is like what I consider to be like situational comedy like it's not a skit it's based on the audience and the girl at our table had a patch on her eye oh they had a field day with her ass okay so this was Bay got the tickets for us to go so he had like VIP it was I think it was a birthday gift for me and um, so we we were VIP, right? So we literally knees bumping the stage like we were right in the front. You know, they always pick on the people in the front. And so, I mean, they were going on her and going on her. And she was a good, good sport about it. Um, I didn't know her, but apparently she's friends with one of my best friends. So, of course, at some point during the course of the night, they're like, uh, so my husband has a birthmark on his eye under his eyes, just a mole. So at some point they're like, oh, this is the fucked up eye table. Like, yo, let me tell you, sheer hilarity. And the waiter at the improv, for whatever reason, his hairline had receded so far back and he didn't let the hair go. Like, let me tell you, if you, when the world opens back up, right, legitimately, um, if you get a chance, go see the 85 South show. Like it is the therapy that my soul desperately needs right now. Fucking hilarious. So um, I don't really care about the awards and I can't really say that I'll watch. I might just record it since it's Bates' birthday. Uh, we ain't doing nothing fancy and over the top. He don't like that shit. But um, in case we are not watching, I'll at least record it so we could talk about it next week. I'm sure to be filled with a bunch of rappers that I don't fucking know, never heard of. And then the ones that I do know aren't going to show up. So there's that. So moving on, um, Sister Act 3. Did you did you know a Sister Act 3 was a thing? So I'm a Sister Act 1 fan. Hardcore. That's another movie. 
Um, I watched Sister Act, the first one this weekend it was on, and I hadn't watched it in so long because Sister Act 2 is my favorite. That's one of those movies where the sequel, to me, is better than the first one. So, um, yeah. According to Whoopi Goldberg, she said that there's an effort to make the project happen, that they are working diligently to try and figure out how to get the gang together and come back. Um, she said this this week while she was on the James Corden show. Mm, I think it could work. I think it could work. But again, I have high expectations because the stag two is bomb. I know all the scenes. I know the choreography for when they're at the competition. Like all of that. They can't fuck it up. We'll see. Also, I think I mentioned this casually last week. Grace Anatomy is coming back for season 17 on November 12th. And I'm so fucking excited. Ooh, they left us hanging with uh, Richard Weber and his medical issues and him uh, remembering and not remembering. So curious to see how the season's going to play out. Now, what has been topping the headlines in the past week is why Shonda Rhimes left NBC. So maybe the first thing I should ask you is, did you know she left? Hmm? Did you get that tea when she left? She's been gone for three years. She was wooed by Netflix. No, she wasn't exactly wooed. They wanted to woo her, but she was fucking ready. So if you don't know, Shonda Rhimes is a very successful black woman. And she is the highest fucking paid showrunner in television exclamation fucking point there's no but after that there's no next to she is it she is the highest paid showrunner over any white man she's the highest period you know how fucking badass that is yo anyway so Shonda said she was tired of her battles. She was producing 70 hours of annual television in 256 territories. She was making tens of millions of dollars for herself and more than $2 billion for Disney. And she still had problems at ABC. They'd push, she'd push, they'd complain over the budget, they'd complain over the content. Um, and then at one point, her and the leading stars of her shows, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away, a murder they made this presidential nominee uh, back when Hillary Clinton was running they did a commercial for it and apparently they, Disney felt a way about it buck up buttercup Shonda Rhimes was fucking running Thursday night television do you hear me she had scandal she had Grey's Anatomy and she had how to get away with murder that shit was unheard of and she was bringing them fucking money that's how you know folks ain't never satisfied okay Never satisfied. You're not hurting for money. She's bringing in money hand over fist and you still got the nerve to complain. That's the shit they do to black women. They don't do that shit to white men. They let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. And they don't even have to be incredible at it because they be mediocre as fuck sometime. And they still just let them. Oh, even in 2020, we still fighting to be paid equally. We're better than and still treated than less than. Same shit another day. But Shonda was like, hey, hi, fuck you. Kiss my ass. I'm out. And she's got projects that are coming out this fall on Netflix. So can't wait to tune in and see them. She said she went over to Netflix and was like, yeah, you're not going to get another Grey's Anatomy. And they was like, cool, because we don't want one. Here's the thing, though. Grey's Anatomy is one of the top shows watched on Netflix. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have seen every single episode of Grey's Anatomy, and it is 20 plus episodes per season. And this is season 17. That's a lot of fucking television. Also, I'll put on the older episodes on Netflix just for background noise or like while I'm working on something because they're so good. Even though I know how they go in, they still good and I still watch. And now I know why it's one of their top shows on Netflix. So that was a smart deal for all parties involved. Moving on. ATL 2. Y'all, one of my favorite movies of all times is Ghetto as Fuck is ATL. I know all of the words, the ad-libs, the, the raps, the poems, all of it. ATL is my shit. It's another movie. Every time it comes on, I fucking watch. So, T.I. said that the cast is ready. 
the money is available and that they just need to develop a story. So they had kind of started getting things going and then Nipsey Hussle was murdered. And um, out of respect for Lauren London, they um, paused everything. They wanted, you know, obviously to give her time and space to grieve her partner. Um, So they are giving her all the time that she needs. And when she's ready, T.I. said they'll be there waiting to keep going. So um, it's interesting to see how that'll be because they were playing the role as teenagers. So Lauren London was Nunu, which was T.I.'s girlfriend. And oh, well, when they last left, they were going to college. He was going to Morehouse and she was going to Spelman. And then there were the twins, uh, Khadijah and Malika Hawk. Uh, Malika is, nope, not Malika. Khadijah is the best friend to Khloe Kardashian. Um, I don't think she, I feel like I ain't seen her work since ATL. If she's been in something else, I don't know what it is. Anyway, ooh, so Ivy Park, Beyonce is about to do another drop on October 30th. And y'all, I care a little bit. I didn't care before. Burgundy and orange is not my zhuzh. And I just, I just wasn't interested. Um, but I looked and there are two outfits in particular and one pair of sneakers that I like. I might be that girl, y'all. I ain't never been that girl. I might be that girl though. We'll see. Honestly, the shit gonna sell out in two minutes and it's not even gonna matter. I'm just clearly talking cause yeah, I already know how that's gonna go. Anyway, moving on. Did you guys watch Quibi? So Quibi was an online streaming service. I remember my husband watching a little bit. I think he just did like a free trial. You had to pay for it, but I don't know how much it cost, but the shows were all short. Matter of fact, I know he watched it because um, Reno 911 had done a reboot and that aired on Quibi. And it's crazy because I felt like they had a lot of good marketing. They had a lot of celebrity backing and stuff like that. But after six months, they are kaput. So I don't know if you got a membership. If so, um, you need to get your money back because that shit is a wrap. All right. Anyway, moving on. So um, there is a new movie coming out and it's called Between the World and Me. It's a HBO original. It comes out on November 21st and it's based on Tanashi Coates, uh, number one New York Times bestselling book published in 2015 called Between the World and Me. And it was written as a letter to his teenage son. And it recounts the author's experiences growing up in Baltimore's inner city and his growing fear of daily violence against the black community. The narrative explores Coates' bold notion that American society structurally supports white supremacy. Um, that's not, we're, we're not surprised by that. The same shit is happening in 2020 still because um, systematic racism definitely fucking exist um so we'll talk more about that after it comes out all right so apple has ordered this new docu-series called the supermodels and i am fucking interested in it so the supermodels explores the careers of naomi campbell cindy crawford linda evangelista and christy turlington were who are all like iconic models back in the day I think that's pretty fucking dope. So they um, travel back into the 1980s when the four women um, who came from different corners of the world united in New York and um, and how that they became a force like they were walking in shows for these famous brands, but they definitely built their own images and reputations in their own light. Um, And dare I say they were just as popular, if not more than the fashion houses and stuff that they were working for. So. Um, yeah, I'm curious as to what that's going to look like. It's a docuseries, so, um, it should be cool. I imagine it's just them getting caught up on like, what are they doing now? And obviously they didn't know that they were making history or doing something groundbreaking at the time. Cause you generally don't know in the moment, but, um, I will definitely check that out. Um, I have Apple TV. So yeah. All right. <sighs> okay. So. Some episodes ago, I told you about the Golden Girls Zoom episode that Lena Waithe did. Well, we got another one and it's coming out tonight. So this one is Debbie Allen and she's directing A Different World for Zoom. I'm not even going to say I want to like it. I don't want to like it. I don't like the idea of it. 
I'm not going to hate on it, but I don't like, nah, this one, I don't know, y'all. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. The other one wasn't a hit because I don't feel like this Zoom is the platform for these things. So the event will star Tessa Thompson, who was in Creed, Yar Shahidi from Blackish and Grownish, um, and then Storm Reed. I can't remember what she was in. It was a remake. It was a Disney movie. I watched it and I can't remember what it's called. Um, Kelly McCreary, who is uh, on Grey's Anatomy. And then Oswin Benjamin from The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Little Yachty. I don't know if y'all, first of all, I don't know if y'all fucking know who Little Yachty is. That's one. And then A, I don't know if y'all ever seen him. But he has the IQ of a gnat. Like, I understand that you hip hop and you this and that. But when you cannot clearly articulate a sentence, that's problematic as fuck for me. And yeah, he can't. Anyway, so this will be the sixth and final installment of a Zoom based series, which was created by black women artists to raise awareness and activation regarding voting rights. First of all, I didn't even know that shit. Now, I failed to get that uh, verbiage back when they were talking about Golden Girls on Zoom. I'm still not here for it. I still don't think it's necessary. Damn sure don't need it. But if you want to watch, um, that's where it's going. So it's Zoom where it happens. And Tessa Thompson will play Kinu. McCrary will play Whitley. Um, Storm Reed will play Freddie. And Jaleesa. And then Alan will depict Adele. Benjamin will assume the role of Dwayne. And Lil Yachty will appear as Ron. I don't know how I feel about this. All of this sounds like a terrible ass idea to me. <laughs> but the production team of this series includes Tessa Thompson, Ryan Baith, Aisha Hines, who I fucking adore, Cynthia Revo, Carrie Washington, Rashida Jones, Stephanie and Quentin James, Latanya Richardson Jackson. I don't even know who these extra people are. I knew who the people were in the beginning, but also Issa Rae and Ava DuVernay. So I don't. I don't even know. I'm not even going to pretend to watch. I'm going to just wait and read about it afterwards. So that was a whole lot. But yeah, um, pop culture was busy this week. They had a whole lot of stuff going on. Let me just tell you. So that's it. That's all on that. Okay, let's get into what Mimi is watching. I feel like I watched quite a bit of TV this week. So I forgot to tell y'all about the Black Love documentary last week. Um, that was a two part, two hour episode and the topic was COVID-19 and they talked to couples who had COVID themselves or their children or, um, they, they, they were people who had been severely impacted by COVID and it was a good episode, but ooh, it was an emotional one as one of the couples, they lost their daughter during covid they initially thought she had it and the doctors just the doctors just failed them it was very early on in covid and back when they were like oh kids can't get it and then when the kids got it they didn't know what to do and they literally just did not know what to do and it was a very heartbreaking story but also a very real story of what life has been like for them um, obviously, it's still very fresh uh, what their experiences were like as far as the medical care, the medical information they were given, like just a lot of stuff. It was I fucking love Black Doc. I tell you, I watch a Black Love documentary all the time. It is my therapy. It is my counselor, even though I still need to see a therapist. Um, but like they just do such a good job of bringing the stories to us. Their artistic creativity and just, I don't know, just how I feel like they handle them with such kid gloves. Like they realize how precious these stories are and they, um, I don't know, they just put them together so, so nicely, even though, um, it was a sad ish episode. The whole episode didn't feel heavy though, I must say. Um, but it was very well done. And then I watched the next uh, 
episode of the Black Love documentary. And that one was about making it last. So you had couples talking about just the things that they had to figure out to make it last. And I'm gonna make babe watch it with me. We about to have a whole ass conversation about this. Now, granted, we're almost 17 years in, but we need to talk about making it last and what that looks like for us and what we need to do to make sure that you last. And then the other part was about sex. And it was about um, sex in your marriage, but also how to juggle a healthy sex life um, after having children, right? So the monotony of having a job, be it outside the home or inside the home, taking care of these kids and cooking dinner and doing laundry and changing bottles and breastfeeding and trying to be sexy with this new body you might not like, like just all the nuances that go into play. Um, It was a really, really good episode. Um, What else did I watch? I watched the Red Table Talk. They had an episode on mommy shaming and they talked about how mommy shaming is at an all new high during the pandemic. You bitches ain't got shit else to do. Like, it was crazy. Like, I don't have these problems. <laughs> I don't have these problems. Um, God looks out for fools and babies and baby ass fools. Um, nobody is that crazy enough to step to me in that manner, be it someone I know or don't know. I don't play that shit. Um, but it was good conversation. Uh, they had celebrities on who had, of course, experienced mom shaming. Um you pretty much damned if you do, you damned if you don't kind of thing. Somebody has something to say about everything. And that's exactly what happened. I think one of the moms, maybe it was Jessica Alba, somebody had a mask on her son while they were out in public. And in the comments, they were like, oh, you're terrible. Why are you torturing your son by making him wear a mask? What the fuck is wrong with you, yo? <laughs> like people just be out of their rabbit ass mind. Um, yeah, like I said, I've never had any of that. My mom used to make comments about Nori's hair. I gather her very quickly. Um, my mother's a baby boomer. She's a very old school generation and very much like, uh, they were into natural hair back then, but it was very groomed natural hair. And so there were times where Nori would have her hair out and my mom would make a comment like, oh, she needs her hair done. And I had to say to her. Yeah, no, that's not cool. I don't like that. I don't want you projecting your insecurities onto my child. That's not a thing that we're going to do. Um, her, There's absolutely nothing wrong with her natural hair. Her natural hair is very much done and kept. She is beautiful with the hair that naturally grows out of her skin. And you nor anyone else is going to tell her otherwise. Um. Now, thankfully, my daughter has always been very confident. And this was some years ago. This ain't no recent shit. Um, but Nori is very confident in her brown skin and her hair texture and everything. I ain't got to worry about that one. Okay. She's time enough. <laughs> she got it honest. Um, but one of the things that I've always loved is that my husband and my son have always celebrated Nori. They always tell her how smart she is and she's smart. Um, but they always told her how they loved her natural hair and my husband in particular. I don't know. I feel like he's borderline obsessed with it, but um, he always just tells her how beautiful she is. And it's something so simple, but it definitely permeated her soul. Like she knows that she is beautiful. She is smart and her natural hair is to be treasured. Like, um, she ain't got no problems about that. And I, so I absolutely love that. I think it's very necessary, um, especially as, as women, in particular as black girls, we're often told what is and is not professional and what is and is not polished and neat looking and how we look put together and all this other stuff. More people projecting onto us is really what it is. Um, so I'm, I I am warm to know that one, that ain't my story. And two, she knows how to advocate for herself and she will gather you all the way together. So um, 
yeah, that Red Table Talk was was really interesting to watch. Um, I also watched the Red Table Talk with the Estefans. I told you they're also doing their own season now. And their episode was about Gloria Estefan's daughter coming out. And it was a really, really good episode. Um, She talked about her hurt in coming out and how her family was not really open to it and just comments that they made not necessarily intentionally and offensive comments but comments that were hurtful and so they kind of talked about like where they both were on both sides at that time and where uh Gloria was coming from as a mom and then she so Gloria was you know dealing with her daughter coming out um also she said she was trying to protect her daughter from her grandmother because she was very, very old school. So that brought on a lot of conversation. Um, I think uh, sexuality is definitely uh, a tough generational conversation to have because they were not as fluid as the world is now. Or if they are, they weren't openly fluid like you just had aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so who was always around, but you knew they weren't your biological aunt or uncle. So shit like that. But um, it was a great conference conversation. They gave out great resources and tips. So if you're interested, that's a good one. Um, so I told you we did the dinner on the deck in the movie for my niece's birthday. And that brings me to the next thing Mimi was watching. Mimi watched Antebellum. Now, I know it came out some months ago, earlier in the year, and I was just not interested. And um, it's it's put out as a horror and thriller. It's only an hour and 45 minutes long. It's a rather quick watch. But for so much of the movie I was watching and I was like, well, what am I watching? What the fuck is this? Make it make sense. And then when they did, my mind was blown totally and completely blown so there's that part um so Gabourey Sidibe was also in the movie and she was funny as fuck she was so damn funny oh oh my god anyway I also watched Borat this weekend y'all <laughs> Borat's new movie comes out on Amazon so Prime Video is called Borat Subsequent Movie Film this is the first time I've watched anything by Sasha Baron Cohen. I have heard lots of headlines and controversial stuff, but I had um, never watched until now. And uh, let me just say, poor Rat is off the fucking hook, yo. Off the fucking hook. It was funny as hell. I'm not even gonna lie. It was fucking funny. It is inappropriate for children in every single way. It is um, crude. <laughs> it's a little vulgar. Uh, but here's what's interesting about it. Well, a couple of things that are interesting about it. One is that these people, you know, for the most part, they aren't actors. This is just him interacting with people dressed up as it, as whoever he is dressed up as at the moment. Now, I will say there is an actual storyline that takes place during this movie. So it does have a bit of structure to them. Um, and dare I say, there's a father-daughter bond, which is also uh, a point that I didn't see coming. If you watched it, let me know what you thought. Like I said, I've never seen any of his other movies, so I don't have anything to compare. There is a scene with Rudy Giuliani, which is fucking inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. And so I had heard them talking about it on the news before I decided to watch the movie and even in then, I had forgot about his part until it got there. And some white man ain't shit. That's all I'm going to say. If you watch it, let me know. Um, you know, Borat is largely just him being whoever he wants to be around unsuspecting people. And that's how you end up in his movie. So he interrupted um, a CPAC conference, which took place here at the National Harbor in Maryland. And... Uh, uh, Pence was speaking and he interrupted Pence to shout out something crazy so yeah um, that one was a very interesting one do check it out if you're if you like that kind of thing or you just want to check it out like I said it was my first time but it shit was fucking funny um, 
I also watched the movie Witches, which is on HBO Max. It came out on October 22nd. And it is a remake of uh, Raul Dahl's 1990s movie by the same title. So Witches. Um, this one is done by Kenya Bears, who did blackish, grownish, oldish, black as fuck. He did all the issues. Um, and it was written by him and Guillermo del Toro and Bob Zemeckis. I don't know how you say his name. Um, yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it a whole lot. We're actually, I'm going to make that the Halloween movie for us for Halloween night. Um, so that'll be the movie we'll watch after we do our festivities, which we'll get into in a momentarily. So it was good. I laughed a lot. Um, the CGI was incredible. Like they did a dope ass job, I think, on putting the movie together. So this reboot stars um, uh, Stanley Tucci and Hathaway Octavia Sp- Spencer. And it's narrated by Chris Rock. Um, the first original one in 1990 starred Angelica Houston. Um, but yeah, (laughs) do check it out. I feel like it's fairly safe for kids, but you might want to give it a peep if you've never seen it before to decide. But, um, we are going to watch it and my eight year old will be just fine. So I also watched a movie called Underground, which came out last year on, uh, Netflix um, I ended up watching it with my son. I was too strand twisting his hair this weekend. Oh, that's the nothingness that I did um, was to do his hair. And so Six Underground is on Netflix. Like I said, it came out last year and it follows six individuals from all around the globe. And each um, what they have is all they have. Like that's the very best of what they do. Um, they have been chosen, so to speak. But not only for the skill, but also for their unique um, desire to delete the past and change the future. So it's got a good storyline. It is action from start to finish. It is a Michael Bay film. And so you know how to judge yourself uh, accordingly. Um, what else? I watched new episodes of Filthy, Filthy Rich. I can't talk. Returned and it's still juicy. I'm still watching and every second is a new plot twist. Um, ooh, babe, babe got me watching American barbecue on Netflix, y'all. Oh my God. So, um, the American barbecue is a showdown. It's reality television. It's filmed in Covington, Georgia, because I know you care. Um, but it's eight of the country's best backyard smokers and pitmasters, And they're vying for the title of American barbecue champion, um, in a fierce, but friendly face off. First of all, I have not watched the end yet, so I don't even have the answer. Um, but definitely watch it for yourself. Don't watch it on an empty stomach because you'll be ordering up all kinds of shit that you, um, <laughs> you'll be wanting to eat after watching it. But it was so good. Baby and I watched at least three, four episodes. Um, it's really good. So do check it out. It's got the whites and the blacks. Um, it's got the men's and the women's. So, uh, it's something for everybody, but it's hella, hella good. Um, I also watched Thanks the Babe. So there's a show on Netflix called Playbook and it's only five episodes, but it's coaches with championship resumes and they share their personal rules for success in the sport and kind of like life and a reflective look on life. It is a dope documentary, um, a docu-series. Uh, we watch the episode with Doc Rivers, who was the basketball coach for the Boston Celtics, I believe, and Jill Ellis, and she coaches women's soccer. She also led the team to um, some Olympic goals, like we won. Um, it also features that I have not watched a tennis tennis coach named Patrick somebody, and he worked with Serena Williams. So there's that part. And then Don Staley, um, she's a woman coach, uh, a women's basketball coach. No, she is a woman and she is coaching a male team. There we go. Um, and then there's Jose, somebody who was a soccer manager. I've not watched their story, so I can't say a whole lot about them, but I definitely will watch. Like I said, it's only five episodes and they were good. Um, and then lastly, 
Blackish kicked off season seven this week with a new episode, which was nice. And this episode was about the pandemic. And it was a really, really interesting kind of information sharing about, yeah, the pandemic. (laughs) Oh, it was interesting to to say the least. So that is all for um, what Mimi is watching. All right, so we're in a home stretch. Let's talk about Halloween. So Halloween is this Saturday. Are you tricking or are you treating? What you doing? Talk to me. Um, Some months ago, no, maybe at least a month ago, I told you I had this great idea of how we were going to spend Halloween. So I'm going to share it with you. So I have an eight-year-old in the third grade who's almost nine. And then I have a soon-to-be, he'll be 16 um, in November, 16-year-old, 11th grader. So their interests and their tastes are different. Um, however... We are not having a traditional Halloween this year. We ain't tricking or treating outside. Don't knock on my door. I'm going to have the lights out. Like I'm not even handing out candy. Um, And so then my, um, so I told you back when I first had the idea, I got Nori on board while we were in the middle of the craft store. And then I came home and I ended up telling my husband and he was on board. So I'm finally going to share with you what my ideas were. Um, so the first thing is festive attire. Um, I already have a costume. It's so bomb. I can't wait to share it. And then I ordered Nori a costume. She wanted to be a zombie cheerleader. So I ordered the costume from Party City. Um, so costumes are welcome. Um, I think there's still plenty of ways to celebrate and be safe. And so we are choosing to celebrate at home, just the four of us, but it will be fun. So I came up with a dessert decorating station, right? Like you could make, um, I don't want to say gingerbread houses, but something along those lines. Um, they have them at the craft store. They have them at the dollar spots and target and all of that. Like you can go there and get ideas for Halloween. I think they're easing into Christmas a little bit, but you could get like baking ideas. You can get cute little sprinkles and stuff like that. I have fun cake cup, fun cupcake liners. There we go. Um, all just to bring the theme home. Right. So We're dressing up and we're going to have a dessert decorating station. I feel like the easiest one is probably um, doing Sundays, like just adding your toppings or um, actually pre-making cupcakes and just have them plain and unfrosted and then share them and let everyone decorate them. I think that's a fun way to do it too. Also, um, arts and crafts. uh, They have lots of ideas at the store. Definitely check Pinterest. Um, and with arts and crafts, like you have the right to be liberal and Halloween's on a Saturday night. So you don't have to worry about rushing home before you turn into uh, Cinderella and your wheels run out on you. So, um, we're going to do that. I'm going to make a charcuterie board. I'm obsessed with them. I think they are so pretty. You're not surprised. I think they're so freaking pretty. So um, I bought this dish. It's like a pumpkin dish. It's a black dish shaped like a pumpkin. And so I'm going to try my hand making a charcuterie board. Um, I think that's a fun way to display the food that you have and also to... um, kind of play up the theme I'm super excited about it like way more excited than the kids and I probably should settle down because I feel like they might make it lame for me um but my kids know that I believe in making them believe if that makes sense um my kids have forever to be grown-ups I encourage them to believe in Santa Claus for as long as I can to believe in the tooth fairy for as long as I can as long as uh they can because I just need something to restore my faith of humanity humanity. and um, Halloween is one of the times where generally, you know, you'll see people being nicer. They're more community, multi-face oriented. And um, yeah, I don't 
I'm not one of those parents who are like, oh, my kids need to know about Santa or we don't do Halloween and like, no, like let the kids have fun. It's a fucking global pandemic going on. Let them have some joys. And for us, our joys are going to be Halloween on the inside. Now, um, for my board, I haven't quite figured out the menu yet, but I'm thinking of chicken wings for sure. Um, I want to end the night watching a movie. So we'll watch Witches, which I told you I watch, but nobody else in the family has watched. And it's so good and so funny that I'll definitely watch it again. Um, And because it's Halloween, the kids need some treats. So I have created a scavenger hunt for the kids to do. I think that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So um If you choose to celebrate Halloween, you definitely have the option of doing it on the inside with the select few, with the people in your home. There are lots of ways to make it fun. Go to the craft stores. They marking shit down. Go to the Dollar Trees, the dollar stores. Don't underestimate the dollar stores. Okay? Like that's legit. The plug. (laughs) That's a good bang. Also on my social on Instagram at Mimi Cute Lips, I have been sharing some of the DIYs that I did for our Halloween party night. I shared some um, some ways you can make it festive. Nothing is gruesome though, but there are a lot of dope I- ideas out there. If you need some help with ideas, definitely go to Pinterest. They have got you covered. Whether you want a DIY or not, you could just buy the shit really. Um, but you still have some time. Today's Tuesday. Halloween's not until Saturday. So you have time to pull it all together and to make it festive for the littles in your world. They would love that a whole lot. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What? If you like it, love it, and you damn sure want more of it, please rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. As you continue the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag Mimi Said What? And we are beyond the point. Well, no, we're not beyond the point. I was going to say, you can still register to vote. There's some places where you can do uh, it same day. Register to vote. Go and vote. Early vote. Have a plan to vote. Bring someone with you. Like, you ain't got to do this by yourself. Just get out and vote. All right? Until next time, cuties. (laughs) 